Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Angela Yee, host of Angela Yee's Lip Service. If you listen to my podcast, you know I love making space for women to be themselves. That's why I'm excited to be part of Women Take the Mic, iHeartRadio's celebration of the women who make music, influence change, and create culture. All month long, your favorite voices from talk radio, music, and podcasting will highlight the remarkable achievements made by women and discuss the most significant issues facing us today. Head to iHeartRadio.com slash Women's Day for more. And listen to Women Take the Mic on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Bruce Bozzi. On the last season of Table for Two, we had some good times with some of the best guests you could possibly ask for. Table for Two is a bit different from other interview shows. We sit down at a great restaurant for a meal, and the stories start flowing. We're back for a second season. We'll be breaking bread with Colin Jost, Michael Mann, Divine Joy Randolph, just to name a few. Listen and subscribe to Table for Two on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, for years, we have humbly celebrated Women's History Month at QLS with a full month of fantastic female guests. This year, we say with pride that we have four multi-talented, award-winning ladies who kick down barriers. I'm talking Brittany Howard, Corinne Bailey Ray, and the incredible choreographer Fatima Robinson, and as well as Lettucey. Listen to QLS on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, Mo Rocca, for being here. Oh, hold on. Oh. A bigger name on line three. My husband, Alex, is calling. Hold on. Hey, uh, hi, how are you? Hi. I'm a, I'm doing the podcast with Mo Rocca. Say hi to Mo. Hey, Mo. <laughs> hi, Alex. Good to, good to talk Wait, to you. Did you call when I was doing Kesha, Kesha as well? Yeah. It's called Perfect Timing. It is. All right. I love you. I'll call you back. Say I'll bye to Mo. Back to the podcast. Bye. <laughs> bye. Oh, is AT&T a sponsor? No, not at all. Hi, it's Elvis. Thank you for listening to my podcast. This is podcast number two. Hopefully, there'll be three and four and five and six. If you missed podcast one with Kesha, roll back and listen to it. We talked about spaceships. We talked about a ghosts, and she played with a dead man's skull. Today's going to be a little different. This is going to be a little different podcast with someone I'm fascinated with, Mo Rocca. I've been witness to Mo Rocca since Oh, God, back in the days he was on MTV and VH1 in those, remember the 80s documentaries, things like that. And then I noticed Mo Rocca on CBS Sunday Morning. He also does a lot of work with CBS television. And now he has his own podcast, his own podcast called Mobituaries, which is fascinating. For some reason, and maybe he'll explain in a few minutes, growing up watching his father become so exhilarated reading obituaries in the newspaper every day, he in the beginning felt it odd and then he discovered there's a whole story to be told about people who have left us, but their legacy lives. And he goes to find those legacies and 
puts it in a great Mo Rocca storytelling way. And you're going to hear that. I promise. He's such a sweet guy. I'm fascinated by each and everything he says. He's the smartest person I know. The host of his very own huge award-winning podcast, Mobituaries. Let's listen in to Mo Rocca. Mo Rocca, thank you for being here. I always love to be with you, Elvis. Thank you for having me. You are the, our second guest on my podcast. I, what's the name of my podcast? Do we know? We have a name, right? What's the name of it? It's called Thinking, Thinking, Out Thinking Out Loud. I'm torn about being second because, it, on the one hand, I'm like, who was first? Kesha. A Kesha was first. Okay. And she's got a symbol in her name. I don't have that. I mean, right? Because she's it's a taller sign. Right? Well, we have to add a symbol. By the end of this podcast, we'll have a symbol added to your name. Two little maracas. Now, Mo Rocca has a podcast out called Mobituaries. And uh, we've talked about this on our show before. And I just couldn't wait to get you back to go a little deeper into this. You were dying to have me back for this. Exactly. <laughs> Growing up fascinated with obituaries, and you got that from your father, as I, I got recall, it from right? My father, Tell the story. Yeah. Well, my father, that was his favorite section of the newspaper. I grew up outside of Washington, D.C. There were two daily newspapers when I was little the Washington Post and the Washington Star. And he would say, Oh boy, the obituaries is my favorite section. And he would say it like that because he was not gloomy at all and i think he liked the obituaries because a well-written obituary is a real ride you can really get lost in it um it can be really exhilarating and i think it's like a like a a, a trailer for an oscar-winning biopic it has that kind of sweep you know coming this fall the trials the tribulations the ups the downs you know and there's something to be said for the fact that this person just passed away. So there's an energy there. And, yes. And, and there, there, a lot of family members and friends and colleagues hopefully are grieving. So that person is still somewhat a little alive when you read that obituary. That's a great point. It's, it, it's well, it's also right. It's like a first draft of that person's history because I think that there, <laughs> I'm not sure that I've seen any corrections issued for obituaries unless they're for major figures um but i do think that newspapers even the new york times get a lot of things wrong in these obituaries because you're talking to overwrought highly emotional relatives sometimes and you know there's only so much fact checking you can do because a lot of the stuff there's not you know public record for so yeah you go down the list of all of the uh, different episodes of Mobituaries, and it's just a wide variety of people who were very famous, people you've never heard of, and also concepts that have died or yeah. uh, products that faded away. In deciding how to come up with these different facets of history to put on your Mobituaries podcast, I mean, how did you decide, okay, it should be beyond people. It has to be... Th- things as well like what was your first your first thing that you had on mobituaries so i think that the that there are two sort of um main criteria and i think you you must appreciate this as well that it has to be interesting to me because the audience can sniff out if it's really not they can tell if you're faking it um, especially right in when it's just audio and you're just hearing, you're really focused on it. So it has to really get me in the gut. Um, but I also think in everything, there has to be an element of surprise. So I think the surprise could be that it's a, 
a seemingly silly subject like sitcom characters that have died. But then it ends up being surprisingly not profound, but, you know, a little more substantive. It's more it's more sort of like, oh, that's interesting, that creative choice that, that Gary Marshall made on Happy Days to kill off the oldest brother, Chuck Cunningham, because the Fonz is becoming really popular and they didn't need the older brother anymore. Because why would Richie ask his older brother for advice on dating girls when he's got the Fonz living in the garage out back um, <laughs> or, or surprise, you know, sort of between episodes so within an episode or you know an episode about the death of a kind of banana which has a lot of serious stuff about it but it's also kind of fun i end up singing yes we have no bananas with andre de shields but then the next episode well one of the next episodes was really serious about a dancer who was from the original cast of cats who died from aids and i had a very personal connection to cats um so i think it's all about keeping people a little bit off balance surprising them because if they know exactly what they're going to get i don't think that's interesting well another thing to think about here is you know in our business in broadcast if we really still call it broadcast i don't know if we call it broadcast anymore i'm a fan of broadcasting you, you uh, me too yeah and you go back to the there is a broadcaster genius man paul harvey right he used to have paul harvey the rest of the story where he would talk about, without using names, this person who was born in Oklahoma, who dated this woman, uh, they had to divorce each other, and he went on to marry this other woman, and they, they, they invented Dr. Pepper. His name was Dr. Pepper, and that's the rest of the story. I mean, he would take you to this story, then you're like, who is he talking about? And at the end, he would like, Shazam! You never knew there was a Dr. Pepper. By the way, there was not a Dr. Pepper. There but wasn't. I don't think so. Not in not in the Waco area at all. Uh, you know, maybe maybe there <laughs> was. It was probably, I think that's where it was. But probably. it was fascinating. Theater of the mind is what it was. Yes. And I find yeah. obituaries. It, it totally scratches that itch for me. Well. I love that. And I'm always, I mean, talking about itches to scratch. I mean, that's how I look at it, too. Sort of, you know, sometimes it's a subject that I actually want to spend my time learning about. So I think, well, I want to do an episode on this because I know nothing about it. And I've always wanted to. And now's a good time to learn. But can I just ask you about, you know, when we were talking about the word broadcasting, it yes. took me a while to really sort of think about the word itself, that, you know, broadcasting as opposed to narrow casting, because the world is so atomized now. Everything is so split up. Like, you know, everyone's watching something different, listening to something different. There are no water cooler conversations in the way there used to be. But you're a broadcaster, right? So you can't like is it don't do you, do you love i know i do the creative challenge of trying to get as many people into the tent as possible oh absolutely yeah you know we know that we have this massive pool to go swimming in right but we know that if we talk about this or that or we forget to talk about that or this the pool decreases because they lose interest right so we find it a challenge every day to try to remain as broad as possible right. and so we can scoop Actually, yeah, scoop the uh, what was the word I, I heard a term the other day? Uh, scoop the spectrum is what it is. We we want to get as many people to listen without offending too many people. It, it's a weird balance. It's a really weird balance, but it's also a really cool creative challenge of how you keep everyone in without it just becoming bland, because then no one will will be interested. That's, well, yeah, you know, I have this 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 roommate I had in college. He's 
super genius, Oren Eisenberg. He's so smart. And he went and he, he's an English professor now at UC Irvine. And we had this conversation and he said, you know, I could be teaching little seminars about super specific topics, but he loves teaching these broad-based English literature courses where there are students that might be science majors, math majors, and this may be the last English course they ever take. But he it's his job to keep them all in the tent and keep them all interested. It, it's just a different challenge than if you have an audience that comes in that already knows they're interested in exactly what you're doing. Anyway, I just I just love I love the challenge of, of, of keeping as many people in as possible. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers, or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Angela Yee, host of Angela Yee's Lip Service. If you listen to my podcast, you know I love making space for women to be themselves. That's why I'm excited to be part of Women Take the Mic, iHeartRadio's celebration of the women who make music, influence change, and create culture. All month long, your favorite voices from talk radio, music, and podcasting will highlight the remarkable achievements made by women and discuss the most significant issues facing us today. Search Women Take the Mic to listen to a collection of international Women's Day episodes from iHeart's top podcasts, including Dear Chelsea, The Psychology of Your 20s, and Lip Service. It's a great way to support women and discover your new favorite show. Head to iHeartRadio.com slash Women's Day for more and listen to Women Take the Mic on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Bruce Bozzi. On the last season of Table for Two, we had some good times at the table enjoying lunch with some of the best guests you could possibly ask for. People like George Clooney, Julia Roberts, Scarlett Johansson, and the beautiful Sarah Jessica Parker, to name a few. Table for Two is a bit different from other interview shows. We sit down at a great restaurant for a meal, maybe a glass of rosé, and the stories start flowing. It is intimate, revealing, and often hilarious. We're back for a second season, and the guests are going to be just as incredible. We'll be breaking bread with Colin Jost, Michael Mann, Divine Joy Randolph, just to name a few. And this time around, we're going even deeper, and we'll have something new for you each week. We'll talk about the big breaks, heartbreaks, and of course, food. So I hope you'll pull up a chair and join us for the latest season. Listen and subscribe to Table for Two on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, good people, this is Laia. Now, for years, we have celebrated Women's History Month at QLS with a month of very special programming. This year, we have three Grammy Award-winning ladies, Brittany Howard, Corinne Bailey-Ray, and Lettucey. 
All three of these artists make music and write songs that fit many genres, and each will be discussing new songs and albums. We also have the incomparable, incredible queen of dance, Fatima Robinson, who has won NAACP Image Awards, choreographed the Oscars, the Grammys, your favorite Gap ad, and Super Bowls. You know her from her work with Beyonce, Mary J. Blige, and of course, Aaliyah, and most recently, The Color Purple. Celebrate women's history with us at Questlove Supreme every week in March. Listen to QLS on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go to any high school in America, and you'll see that just like the college system, they have curriculum that is very specific, very, very narrow and deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went to high school, it was math. <laughs> it was English. Right. It was science. Now they break down science into 15 different genres right. you can choose which science you want to study. So I think... In my opinion, it's good to have a mixture of both. Absolutely. You want to go, yes, exactly, between electives and main courses, between like Cheerios and then the super specific cereal, like that's in that variety pack, like the really, really one that's super specific. Yeah. Speaking of cereals, he's not here. Scotty B, who sits in the studio, he has a podcast called Cereal Killers, where he and Andrew, who you met on the way up, they review new cereals, breakfast cereals, and they bring old school cereals out of the sh- off the shelves and it's just a, a podcast about cereals what's so, the latest hot pick well no uh, I, I tasted one today it's a cereal from Mexico called it's churros and they taste like little churros mm. I love Mexican Coke, as in Coca-Cola, because it's less sweet. It's a little milder. So I hope that this Mexican churro cereal is, is uh, churro cereal. It's I suddenly had a hard. It's to hard say to say that. that. Yeah, it is a little bit hard to say that. I, I'm hoping that it's it, the American version of it. They it would there'd be way too much sugar. It would be too sweet. It so. wasn't too sweet. I kind of liked it. It is. It like I said, it is from Mexico. Yeah. Uh, imported cereal. But but the point of this is yeah. deep and narrow is this topic on this podcast that actually has a lot of fans oh my god and i love that in this ep- they should have called this episode breakfast bad sorry anyway <laughs> why not <laughs> it's, it's uh, cereal coming from mexico sorry i'm with you which is not appropriate it's so I'm appropriate colombian so i can say it. this is handed to me dr charles taylor pepper was born december 1830 from Big Spring, Virginia. So there was a Dr. Pepper. Okay. How he's mixed into the story and the legacy, I don't know. Maybe that should be... Dr. Pepper's still around, so it does, does not qualify for a mobituary podcast. Yeah, and I wonder what his specialty was, this Dr. Pepper. Uh, do we know? Surgeon. Surgeon. He was he's a, a surgeon. surgeon. Okay, all right. Well, I'm a Pepper, you're a Pepper. Yeah. We're a pepper. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to... <laughs> there was another episode you had, uh, The Station Wagon. Uh-huh, Yes. Yeah, uh, the station wagon is well. I would say that that's that's another um, major factor for me in when I decide what topic I want to do. Is you know we talked about scratching an itch, a feeling in your gut. It's a kind of warmth, and the station wagon. And I think I'm pretty good at identifying this: a subject, a person that will make people go. Oh, and feel warm, like John Denver was that way, I think. I think it worked in doing a obituary about him. But the station wagon, I think, gets people in the same way because I think we associate it with larger families, with growing up, and with a time where there were no safety precautions. None. (laughs) It would be in the way, way back. 
darting around like pin pinballs. <laughs> like <it was laughs> right. Really well, dad nuts. smoking a cigarette in the front. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes, we're all going to die. Yes. Yes, exactly. And those wide turns and just being thrown side to side <laughs> against the wall, which I loved, especially after a pizza party. Yes. We had Spunky the dog in the back of our station wagon. Did you really? Going through the uh, mountains of New Mexico toward Colorado. Spunky was in the back. Then there was the luggage in that back, you know, square area. And then Travis McMahon and I were in the back seat and mom and dad were up front. I heard Spunky in the back of the station wagon moaning and groaning. Like, what what do we do? We got to let Spunky were, out. Sorry, were you in the way back or were you in the back seat? No, I was in the back seat. Oh. Then comes the luggage and Spunky was in the way back. I it, think the back seat was really boring. I'm surprised that you weren't in the way back. It's just the way it worked. And for yeah. some reason, Spunky ended yeah. up in the way back. Well, we couldn't even touch Spunky because those were like the limousines at the time. They were, sure. you know, 50 feet long. Right. So anyway, Spunky was making noises. I kept saying, Dad, you got you to gotta pull over. He didn't. And Spunky exploded in the back of our station wagon. He didn't die. No. It oh, was, oh, it was oh diarrhea. A, a, yeah, diarrhea oh, okay, okay, thing. Okay. And it hit the back of my head, the back of wow. Travis McMahon's head, the back of my mom's perfectly quaffed hair in the back of my dad and all the way up to the the uh, the front of the car. Wow. That's my station wagon story. We all have one. If you're old enough, you have a station wagon story. But to say goodbye and, and offer it its own mobituary, I think it's... it's Excellent job, job. I love well, that. And, uh, people, people really responded to it. The number of uh, the the memories, the depth of people's memories, and their attachment to the station wagon. I'm surprised it hasn't made a comeback, and it under a different name, it will. So I look at other characters that you you've you've done, like Laura Branigan, not a character, but a, a, an artist. I loved doing Laura Branigan, a obituary for her. We're very proud of that one because, well, one of the things that was that was interesting in and frankly eerie about it is um, that year, I guess 2019, the St. Louis Blues hockey team was on this kind of miraculous winning streak. They went from last in the NHL and they would end up winning the Stanley Cup for the first time in their 50-year history, going from last place to winning the whole thing after they adopted Gloria as their theme song. Right. But the reason I wanted to do this was I loved that song growing up, like a lot of people, but I noticed in the press coverage about the St. Louis Blues, about the hockey team, that there were fans that were asking for Laura Branigan to show up and sing the song. They didn't realize she died. And I thought, this is an example of someone who had been a huge deal at one point and then died. And she died really young. And it, she just sort of faded from memory right away. I mean, and and so the, the, and there definitely was space to do this because people hadn't thought of her in a long time they'd forgotten that she died if they ever knew she died but they still loved that song so it was a perfect kind of combination of factors there so when you go to select your victims <laughs> no, when you go to select your 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 either personalities or historical figures or items what what is the checklist you go down so i think the checklist is helps very much if I have a personal connection to it or a personal, a, a genuine personal desire to know more. So whether it's because I have some history with the subject or there's something that I really have always wanted to know and it grabs me um, on an emotional level, I think that there that there is some sort of element of surprise there. Uh, and, and I think it also helps, and you can do this with any subject, if there's a way 
to move beyond that person at different points in the episode to talk about kind of the larger issues or that person's um are like with benedict arnold the, the whole idea was he had been a hero before he was a traitor and so this was an opportunity at different points in the episode to spend a couple of moments talking about other people that were heroic before they were traitors like um Philippe Pétain had been this hero in World War One in France, and then he was a Nazi collaborator during World War II. He went from being, you know, idolized and a great hero to being a scoundrel. Peanuts have went from being a favorite snack to getting kicked out of schools and off of airplanes, like the actual right. snack. So they went sort of from hero to villain. Um, and I'm not judging. I'm, there's a good reason that people that, you know, there are peanut allergies. Um, Satan, before Satan was cast out into hell, was, you know, Lucifer was, you know, was um, – he was like besties with God. So anyway, so there was a, it was so it was a good opportunity to kind of look at. So so uh, that's that's the fun of doing a longer form podcast. Have you ever been digging into the meat and potatoes of a person, and you find yourself emotionally um, emotionally stabbed? Like, oh my God! Have you ever have you ever done a obituary about someone and you? actually became emotional over it yeah that's a good yeah it hit I, a nerve for you yeah um oh boy i think laura brannigan was that way because i think we found the producer allison byrne found a recording a phone recording <laughs> of her having a conversation with um with uh, someone uh, that had become a friend of hers who was running her fan club i think and uh and Laura basically was – she was talking about the Titanic theme song and how Celine Dion had obviously sung it to phenomenal success. And Laura was basically saying, ah, oh, if only I'd had a chance to sing that. And I could – you know, that to me, I, I found that very poignant, like the idea of, oh, I just want the chance to show what I can do. And I've certainly felt like that. I think I felt like that at times. Um, so – I found that very sympathetic and um, yeah, I found it. Yeah. You got to be careful assuming someone's alive when they're not. I mean, if you haven't heard their name tossed around for a while, it's good to check before you, <laughs> for instance, we were on our show talking about uh, actor Abe Vigoda. Abe yeah, Vigoda yeah, yeah, used yeah, to be on Barney fish. Miller, Fish. fish. Yeah, yeah. And um, he, no offense, I mean, he, almost looked like he was dead when he was alive yeah. it's just the way he looked yeah. he's he's had the baggy eyes whatever yeah. and we i i assume, work at cbs i take no offense okay okay <laughs> whoops so i i assumed he had passed away and we were talking about oh he was the character fish and then barney miller great great actor great character actor whatever and uh i basically pronounced him dead on our show and right. we moved on that afternoon, I went to Barnes and Noble, the one that used to be up here, uh, Lincoln Lincoln yeah, Center. Whatever. Yeah, he was in the he was there. Wow. He was alive. Wow. Abe Vigoda was alive, and we all assumed he was dead. And the universe, I, the universe obviously, you something. Thank God our show wasn't wasn't his cup of tea. Can you imagine waking up and hearing you're dead and oh, crazy? Yes, and I, and I think you know there's a story that I don't know if it's true that Alfred Nobel, the guy for <clears throat> whom the Nobel Prize is named, <clears throat> um, that his death was misreported and the first line basically said alfred nobel the inventor 
I'm going to get this wrong, but uh, um, but I think it was the inventor of dynamite because he w- made his fortune in explosives, and he was so appalled that that was his legacy that he wasn't dead that he then endowed the Nobel Peace Prize and wow. all the prizes because as a way of saying like oh my gosh like this is not what I want my life to be a kind of like a, an Ebenezer Scrooge type thing seeing the future and going okay I've got to change this. Do you ever go? What do you ever choose personalities from history that were extremely popular? Do you ever go because you found, oh, we just found out something about Joan Crawford that no one knows. Wait till we talk about this in her obituary. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think it's important to keep people in to throw in a couple of really big names. And it's interesting. I don't do it thinking, okay, we're going to do it because we because we have we have this thing that no one knows. We didn't with John Denver. We actually didn't have something that no one knew. Um but I also do oh, – I'm going to sound really pretentious here, but that the, the Sondheim musical, Sunday in the Park with George, there's this line, everything you do, let it come from you, then it will be new. And I really do believe that. that I love that. Say it again. Everything you do, let it come from you, then it will be new. So don't go, oh, it's already been done. Somebody else did it. Well, no. You didn't do it. So if you do it, it will be different. Now, I'm not saying, remember that, like, Hollywood, Lord knows, like, remember there was that year where there was, like, four different movies about asteroids or something, or then five about volcanoes? I'm not sure that everyone doing their own volcano movie was, in fact... You know, bringing something new to it, but but I think in this kind of a medium and podcasts where you're not working with an army of people, um, you know, it's a lot of work, but it's also going to end up being more personal. And and uh, um, so yeah, so I don't I don't I don't feel the pressure that okay, we can't do this person because this person is so well known, and and the only way to do it is if we have you know some you know hidden tape that reveals that they had a secret life i don't think that's true but i think the more you get into it um you'll you'll find something and i do think it's important to have some big names welcome to 500 greatest songs a podcast based on rolling stone's hugely popular influential and sometimes controversial list i'm Brittany spanos and i'm rob sheffield we're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Angela Yee, host of Angela Yee's Lip Service. If you listen to my podcast, you know I love making space for women to be themselves. That's why I'm excited to be part of Women Take the Mic, iHeartRadio's celebration of the women who make music, influence change, and create culture. All month long, your favorite voices from talk radio, music, and podcasting will highlight the remarkable achievements made by women and discuss the most significant issues facing us today. 
search Women Take the Mic to listen to a collection of International Women's Day episodes from iHeart's top podcasts, including Dear Chelsea, The Psychology of Your 20s, and Lip Service. It's a great way to support women and discover your new favorite show. Head to iHeartRadio.com slash Women's Day for more and listen to Women Take the Mic on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Bruce Bozzi. On the last season of Table for Two, we had some good times at the table enjoying lunch with some of the best guests you could possibly ask for. People like George Clooney, Julia Roberts, Scarlett Johansson, and the beautiful Sarah Jessica Parker, to name a few. Table for Two is a bit different from other interview shows. We sit down at a great restaurant for a meal, maybe a glass of rosé, and the stories start flowing. It is intimate, revealing, and often hilarious. We're back for a second season, and the guests are going to be just as incredible. We'll be breaking bread with Colin Jost, Michael Mann, Divine Joy Randolph, just to name a few. And this time around, we're going even deeper, and we'll have something new for you each week. We'll talk about the big breaks, heartbreaks, and of course, food. So I hope you'll pull up a chair and join us for the latest season. Listen and subscribe to Table for Two on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, good people, this is Laia. Now, for years, we have celebrated Women's History Month at QLS with a month of very special programming. This year, we have three Grammy Award-winning ladies, Brittany Howard, Corinne Bailey Ray, and Lettucey. All three of these artists make music and write songs that fit many genres, and each will be discussing new songs and albums. We also have the incomparable, incredible Queen of Dance, Fatima Robinson, who has won NAACP Image Awards, choreographed the Oscars, the Grammys, your favorite Gap ad, and Super Bowls. You know her from her work with Beyonce, Mary J. Blige, and of course, Aaliyah, and most recently, The Color Purple. Celebrate women's history with us at Questlove Supreme every week in March. Listen to QLS on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So if I rolled through a New York Times this Sunday to the obituary column, uh, or the, they some of them are just short blurbs. They just have name, address, yeah, yeah. phone number, whatever. I mean, just like the bare minimum. Yeah. And some of them are actually written. I mean, they have they have editorial staff that will write. They do. They have great writers. Do you read New York Times uh, obituaries every I, you know, week? I don't read them as religiously as I probably should. So I'll scroll through sometimes, and then I'll select a few to read. Um, I should read them more probably. Um, and I do know that the writers there, I know a few of them, that they have a surprising amount of leeway um, because, I mean, there's so many people dying all the time that that <laughs> they can't do full-out articles for each one. And so the writers can go to the editor and say, you know, this person died. And it doesn't have to be this person died yesterday. It can be this person died a month ago, and I really want to do something on – um, one of my friends who's a writer over there, his first obituary was on the actor who played Dr. Bombay on Bewitched. Oh my God. And, and what was, do you remember his name? I can't remember the name of the actor, but this writer said, you know, I want to do this. And, and, and it was published like, I think like more than a month after that actor died, you know, which is fine. Um, but, um, so, um, I, listen, it's, it's a very popular section. It used to be, pun intended, a real graveyard. I mean, like you did not want to be an obituary writer. It's where you were put out to pasture. Now, 
a lot of journalists, print journalists, you know, really want to work on that section because it's like you're working for every section of the newspaper. You're working for business. You're working for sports. You're working for entertainment because it depends on who dies. And of course, it goes back. Obviously, I'm making assumptions here. Uh, it goes back to, for, to your love of history. It it totally does because it's also, I think, I think, you know, Don Hewitt, who created 60 Minutes, I can't remember the exact quote, but I think he said every every story has to be about someone. You don't do a story about a topic. Now, I do, as you pointed out, did do the station wagon, but I look at the station wagon as a character, almost like as a person. So an obituary is traditionally about a person. And so it's a great history lesson on that person and all the things that are attached to it, I think. Do you enjoy interviewing people? Yes, I do. There are times in the middle of an interview, I'm going right to the negative where I kind of go, where I think, and I hope you don't feel, I know, yeah, I hope you don't feel that way right now, but there are times in interviews where I think, my God, this is work. I think, I do think that, but then you just got to like. Blame them. It's not your fault. I know. <laughs> You're brilliant. And it, exactly. And no, <laughs> Remind and them yeah, of that. I, I make sure to always do that, but, but it is worth it. I mean, some of my favorite pieces I've done and I'm not being coy here. I really can't think of specific examples. They have turned out well. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's that's pretty surprising because in the middle of that interview, I wanted to just just drown myself. I mean, it was <laughs> it was so tough. Um, yeah, I think, um, I mean, obviously it's great if you really connect with somebody, right? I mean, you, if you have a personal interest in what they're all about, and I, this is why I love true. this is why I love your interviews, Mo. Uh, I always feel the best interviewers are the ones who inject themselves into the interview. And uh, I, if you I said something, that. it reminds me of a story about when I was a kid with a station wagon. I feel like, well, okay, there's a conversation here rather than yeah. me just asking you questions. You give me yes, no answers. You inject yourself into interviews with a very 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 brilliant wit about you and uh, you definitely always come across as seeming genuine genuinely interested in what they're saying and uh, there's a beauty to that I don't, I don't think it's something you study or learn it's something you just have or you don't well I appreciate that I mean I think that one of the things that has served me well that I sort of figured out along the way and that you certainly know is uh, is I think the power of sort of disarming someone. So you you know that especially with actors, when they entertainers, when they come into an interview and they either have the story ready to go or the pitch ready to go or the persona ready to go, just pricking it a little bit. I don't mean taking the piss out of somebody. That's not other people are really great at that. That's not my style. But just kind of disarming them a little bit. Um I don't know. I mean, like when, when the actress Eva Marie Saint, who's in two of the greatest movies ever made on the waterfront and North by Northwest, um, somebody had said, oh, she's not a great interview. I, I hate even saying that because she's such a, a great woman. Um, and I said, I still want to do her. And I noticed that she was born on July 4th. And I thought, oh, that's kind of fun. And so the first thing I said to her is, um, what was it like having a, a July 4th birthday growing up? And then she was so surprised. Wow, and I she, see that. And she went and she lit up and she said, it was wonderful. When I was a little girl, my father told me that the fireworks were for me. Aww. And she immediately, we were off to the races. Like she she wasn't, 
she wasn't thinking, okay, I'm going to have to trot out the Hitchcock story for North by Northwest, the Brando story for On the Waterfront. And so it was just, this is going to be loose and we're just having a conversation. I love that. Yeah. Which leads me to this. You know, I'm speaking in paragraphs, which I don't like when I'm in conversations Why? with somebody. So I just want to, I want to sort of tell you right now that. <laughs> What's wrong with speaking in paragraphs? You know, it's interesting. I was, I was with a, a friend the other day. There were a group of us and, and I like this person. This is terrible. But I was like, this person's really irritating me. And then the other friend later said, oh, it's, it's because he doesn't understand how to have a conversation where it's like one line, one line, one line, one line. He only knows how to speak in paragraphs. And I said, yeah, that was what was driving me crazy. But we're in an interview here, so paragraphs are okay. Well, I, I, <laughs> I can see how you know, there are different types of conversations. One is like a tennis match where you rally. You just, it's yeah. your ball, my ball, your ball, my ball. But it's okay to have a beginning, a middle, and an end to, to a thought. I think yeah, it's a story. You are a storyteller and that's that's part of your curse. Yes, but uh, perhaps. And look, if we were at a coffee right now and I was telling you a story or you were telling me a story, hopefully as well, then we could be speaking in paragraphs. But what if every time I asked you something and then you answered or I answered, you asked me something, I answered and there was a story attached to it with a name and an anecdote. I mean, you'd want to kill yourself. <laughs> Not at all. And there are people who do that. And it's really annoying. Like, oh, this coffee is great. Oh, yeah, this coffee is good. When I was in Costa Rica in 1989, I had coffee. And it was like an Arabica that was a really, really interesting blend, blah, 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 blah. And then you just want to say, why did I even mention the coffee? <laughs> well, so do you think that's a – do you think that's a – a fault? I mean, a, a faulty, I I, a faulty And I hate to come switch. in here and be criticizing people anonymously. I just... Give me a list of names of people who do this. Go. <laughs> out them right now out them. and i want to give their phone numbers so that you can text them and say stop speaking in paragraphs and having an entire history and anecdote up you know attached to everything it is 8 30 in the morning we're having coffee just catching up but uh um i'll give you a good example yeah. of where this is I, I, before i forget because yeah. i'm brain dead yeah. moving from the blackberry to the iphone on the blackberry which had the qwerty keyboard yeah. and you could actually feel the button pushing yeah. down i would write paragraphs when I got the iPhone, it was LOL. It was interesting. And so and it's I, a little I, easier. It's easier to take. I know, but I, I miss that Blackberry feeling. I miss being able to emote. I miss being able to, to to expand. Okay, that's fine. I mean, I just remember when I first moved to New York and I was auditioning for musical theater and there was a vocal coach and she was really sought after. She was very, very good named Annie LeBeau. And I had to come up with, I, I was auditioning for character roles, like wacky second banana roles. And I started singing from a song, a song from that Bud Frump from How to Succeed in Business with that really trying saying. And I was doing it super charactery, really laying it on thick. And she stopped playing the piano and she whipped her head around towards me and she said, be easy to take. <laughs> and it's burned okay. into my memory. That's the best advice ever. And she said, be easy to take. People will get it. They're going to get it. You don't have to cram it down their throats. Anyway, I'm just thinking about that. No, it's like we need yeah. to give people a little more credit. 
Yes, the audience will get it. Like, like I'm playing a nerd. Well, okay, we get it. You're a nerd. You have a nerd essence. I'm talking about myself right here. Like, <laughs> no. you don't need to like, like, really, like, like, just lay it on thick. And so, I don't know. I mean, I think like, and this anyway. I guess, I guess, in the podcast, I'm trying. Maybe it's an age thing, also. Just trying to. It's hard work and all that, but like letting the audience come to you. See, for instance, you and I are from, but we're about the same age. I'm a little older, probably. Whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you yeah. mentioned Dr. Bombay on Bewitched, I'm thinking automatically, okay, who in our audience has no freaking clue who that know, is? Know, Calling Dr. Bombay. How old are you? There's someone here in the studio. 33. I'm 33, 33. Do you know who Dr. Bombay is from Bewitched? Oh, no, but I do they don't get it. It's yeah, okay. Dr. Bombay. Right. And it was a really, it actually was a, it was a really minor character. And I, and frankly, I don't really remember. And I watched it all the time. Oh, I remember Dr. Bombay. I watched it in reruns all the time and I don't remember. I remember Endora. And I used to confuse Endora with Clara. I would get, would get confused. Right. Yeah. Endora Aunt and Clara. Clara. And Clara, I'd confuse. And, uh, and what's his name, who we all love, who apparently was an impossible person to deal with? Derwood Dagwood? No, Darren. no, 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 no. The, 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 Paul Lynn. Like Paul Lynn, yeah, yeah. Did you read his biography? You got to read that. Is it, was it a memoir? Or is it a, it was a, a bi, was it? Really? I think it was more biographical because it was, it was, it was definitely, they're telling the tea on Paul Lynn. <laughs> it was kind of funny. You know, I think it's so interesting. People like Paul Lynn and Charles Nelson Riley. And I read I, his too. Yeah. Charles Nelson Riley. Well, Charles Nelson Riley, I think, was had a much more um i mean you know i think paul lind it was his his end was very very sad but right. you know i think charles nelson riley managed to um and uh, they both had great careers yeah we'll end it at that but i have to okay. go back to a question <laughs> we'll end that at that i have to go back to to follow up on a question i asked yeah, you yeah, earlier please, i yeah. asked you uh about interviews yeah do you enjoy doing interviews my point is in mobituaries you're basically interviewing someone who's dead I think of part of it, I feel like I you're that. getting, you go out and get the answers that you feel they would give you if you were speaking with them. You know, I had not thought of that. And I really will uh, take that as a great compliment. And I really appreciate it because I'd never thought of that. But giving them a chance to tell their story. And, you know, I've, I've only thought about it in very tangential ways. Like I did think without sounding too pleased with myself that, boy, John Denver would like this. I think he'd be, and, and it wasn't, we didn't canonize him. We didn't canonize him. We talked about his own frustration with not being taken seriously, his great disappointment, like his devastation at not being asked to be part of We Are the World when he had been you know, a celebrity who was one of the first to really put world hunger kind of on the map as, as a, you know, the first celebrity to do that. Um, and, and then was only a few years later was considered too, too out of it, too passe to be asked to be part of this song that had 40 different singers. I mean, right. they could have made space for him. Um, so all that we included, but I do think that he would say thank you for, for you know, sticking up for me or at least telling my story. I love it. Podcasts, uh, there's billions of them. The one I insist you listen to is Mobituaries. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for uh, all you give us because you it goes way beyond Mobituaries. Uh, thank you for being here. Mo Rocca, thank you. 
thank you for listening. I'm honored to have you here. My second podcast with Mo Rocco. That was fabulous. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. By the way, who came up with that name? Is that the name of my book? No, but it's close. Wasn't my idea to call it Thinking Out Loud, but I'm taking credit for it. Until next time, thank you for listening. Feel free on your own. Think out loud. Thinking Out Loud is hosted by me, Elvis Duran. The podcast is produced and edited by Mike Coscarelli. Executive producers are Andrew Puglisi and Katrina Norvell. Special thanks to David Katz, Michael Kindheart, and Caitlin Madore. Thinking Out Loud is part of the Elvis Duran Podcast Network on iHeartRadio. For more, rate, review, and subscribe to our show. And if you like this episode, tell your friends. Until next time, I'm Elvis Duran. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Angela Yee, host of Angela Yee's Lip Service. If you listen to my podcast, you know I love making space for women to be themselves. That's why I'm excited to be part of Women Take the Mic, iHeartRadio's celebration of the women who make music, influence change, and create culture. All month long, your favorite voices from talk radio, music, and podcasting will highlight the remarkable achievements made by women and discuss the most significant issues facing us today. Head to iHeartRadio.com slash Women's Day for more. And listen to Women Take the Mic on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Bruce Bozzi. On the last season of Table for Two, we had some good times with some of the best guests you could possibly ask for. Table for Two is a bit different from other interview shows. We sit down at a great restaurant for a meal, and the stories start flowing. We're back for a second season. We'll be breaking bread with Colin Jost, Michael Mann, Divine Joy Randolph, just to name a few. Listen and subscribe to Table for Two on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, for years, we have humbly celebrated Women's History Month at QLS with a full month of fantastic female guests. This year, we say with pride that we have four multi-talented, award-winning ladies who kick down barriers. I'm talking Brittany Howard, Corinne Bailey Ray, and the incredible choreographer Fatima Robinson, and as well as Lettucey. Listen to QLS on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.